compulsive overeating diary, day eight. I'm back in my hammock again, so you might be hearing some of the birds sing out here. It's really a beautiful day. It's been about three and a half weeks since I began this experiment of podcasting my feelings and thoughts rather than eating them to see if I can impact my compulsive overeating behavior by actually dealing with the feelings that trigger that behavior. Last episode, I went up to the mountain on a hike, sat down in my zen spot, and wanted to tell you all about exercise bulimia, had technical difficulties, had to come back down the mountain, and then ended up in my hammock. Well, today I'm reversing the process. I'm opening the show here in my hammock, getting ready to go for a hike. So hopefully, next time you hear me, I'll be up on the mountain. I'm letting go, I'm letting go. It's a history that never really grows. I'm letting go. I'm letting go. It's a silent wind that never really blows. I'm letting go. Well, I'm here at the bottom of the mountain and starting out my hike. I'm gonna talk about my main topic when I get up to my Zen spot. But while I'm here at the bottom, you might hear a little bit of my truck, my trekking poles and my boots. You might hear passers-by. There's a lot of painters on the mountain. Good morning. But before I forget, I really wanted to do a shout out to those of you who are kind enough to stop by my blog and leave some comments for me. First up, hi Dee, thanks for coming again. <laughs> Dee's been my friend for a long time online and I really appreciate your support. Also, Fee, 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 Fee from, from Auckland, Auckland, I don't know if I know how to pronounce Auckland, New Zealand, but from clear across the world, Fee came to episode four, the hardest episode for me to post because that's the one where I was admitting to feeling so pathetic about nobody coming to say, I'm listening. And Fee, you did. So that means a whole lot to me. Good morning. Also, Lou, Lou from Down Under, she not only came and posted a wonderful heartfelt comment, and I would recommend that you guys go to day six, and read what she has to say. It means a lot to me. But she also signed up on my blog to get notified for when the show notes and the posts come through. I appreciate that even more. It shows me, Lou, that you're really, really interested in what I have to say and gives me a bunch of encouragement. See, I'm being brave today. I'm letting you hear me huff and puff. And I'm just at the bottom of this hill. But hang on, because pretty soon I'm gonna turn this mic off, finish my hike up to the Zen spot, have an orange, drink some water, and the sound will be better. But before I finish up my thank yous, I also wanna recommend that you guys come to compulsiveovereatingdiary.com day five and read the conversation between my very good friend Cheryl and myself on that page. We talk a lot about self-trust, fear, issues that we can all relate to 
if we struggled with this overeating compulsive mind. Anyway, I think it's time for me to concentrate on my breathing. And I just wanted to thank you all again for your support. And please do come, let me know your thoughts so that I can support you right back. Because that's my goal, is to create a community where we can all feel however we feel, and it's gonna be okay. See you at my Zen spot. Welcome back. I made it. I'm back up here at my Zen place on top of the mountain. And I'm super proud of myself because it was a whole lot easier this time. This is the second time I've been hiking since I started my experiment on podcasting my compulsive overeating feelings. But today, even though I'm really happy about my performance, I want to talk to you about grief and how grief can impact us. Oftentimes, you know, you read articles or when we're thinking about how to have our best life, it's recommended that we think, what would we do if today was the last day of our life, right? What if today was the last day of our life? And sadly for me, two days ago, was my uncle's last day of life. He either died of a heart attack or a stroke, we don't know for sure. He lives in Washington State, as does all of my family that and relatives. He lived on a beautiful lake property. My aunt went to the pharmacy to get something and came home and found him there. And so in a way it was maybe a good way to go, I don't know, I wasn't there. But he was at home in his beautiful lake property, and that was it. That was, his life was over. And would he have been proud of his life? He had two grown, wonderful daughters who were successful and loving. He had a wife of over 50 years, my aunt, also very loving, a nice place to live. He served his country in the Navy. He had a career in sales and traveled a lot and I gotta tell you growing up he was a little bit hard to know he was very very tall and very had a big booming voice and kind of scared us kids to be honest he wasn't a big cuddly kind of easygoing man with kids he was very military and a little bit scary but later in life he was looking back on how he was dealing with his family and with others and he did something that I'll never ever forget ever we were visiting and he pulled me aside from the rest of the family and he said, I want to tell you that I've been watching you and you have such a gentle, easygoing spirit with you when you're dealing with your other uncle and other people. And I want you to know that you are very special and I love you and I never want you to forget it. And my uncle told me that every time I saw him for the rest of his life, Whenever I was in an event that he was at, he would pull me aside and say, Lori, I love you, and I never want you to forget it. And I think he's the only person who ever addressed me in that way. He's certainly, I think, one of the very few people who sought me out to tell me that he thought I was special or that he loved me. And so even though my uncle and I didn't have daily interactions, 
he had a huge impact on me. He made a big difference in how I felt about myself and how I viewed myself because he was somebody outside, an external validator, <laughs> who took the time to actually tell me that. And I took it in and I believed it. You know? And I have some grief over the fact that I can't say back to him, Unc, I love you too. Don't you forget it. One thing I don't regret is that I sent a valentine to, to him and my aunt. And I'm hoping that it got there. It probably did. And it would address to him as well as my aunt. So he would have known that I was thinking of him and that I loved him. Which brings us to the question, what if today was the last day of your life? When you're looking back, what are the things that you're most proud of or most happy with? What are the things that brought you the absolute most joy? What things do you still grieve over or bother you? You know, but as we're looking backwards in time, there's not one thing that we can do about it. I guess we could send notes of apology like people in the 12-step programs would do or try to make amends for things that you feel if you hurt somebody's feelings. But you can't go back in time and fix those mistakes. You can't go back in time and take advantage of missed opportunities. But what you can do is look back and see where you wished you had done something in a different way. When we're talking about eating, maybe you wished you didn't immediately dive open, dive into the open bag of chips and eat them all the last time you were stressed or grieved. Maybe you wished that you took a 10-minute walk after dinner instead of yelling at your kids or yelling at your husband. Or maybe you wish you hadn't cursed and had a rage attack when somebody cut you off in traffic because that makes you feel like a jerk and makes you feel like you're less than who you can respect. And if you have that in mind, if you're looking backwards, you can say to yourself, what can I do today that's different? For me, if today was the last day of my life, I've gone up to the mountain and had a hike. I've said hello to people. I told my husband I loved him. I petted my cats and gave them a kiss and a squeeze. I'm talking to you now, even if they found me here. Hey, puppy dog. There's another hiker with his beautiful dog up here. You're a really cute dog. I've got a chance to see a cute dog. <laughs> That's pretty neat. Anyway, going back to my kind of gruesome thought, like what if they found me here? If like my uncle, something happened and this was it. You would know that I was looking at a wonderful vista. I had love in my heart, and hopefully my words would live on for somebody. I know they've done me good just to say them. So regret, regret is usually about the things that you haven't done, and grief is about the things that you miss. And I grieve for my uncle today. I sorely grieve in my heart for my uncle. 
And I also celebrate my uncle because he didn't have a perfect life, but he lived his life. And he left a lot of people on earth who love him, like I love him today. So for you out there, I want you to know that if you're feeling sad or rageful or having an issue with your eating and you want something to do, you can always call me on my Compulsive Overeating Diary hotline. That number is 206-350-6445. And it's also on the website. I'm going to say it again. It's 206-350-6445. And that's a voicemail line. So I'm not going to pick up. <laughs> you don't have to feel embarrassed. You can tell me your name or not tell me your name. But you can say what you really feel. In fact, it would be great to have some feelings. You could say, all I want to do is eat chips. I'm so pissed at my darn husband or partner or friend. I just can't stand it. I want to stop my feet with rage. I should have got that promotion and that dingleberry got it instead of me. Everyone hates me. I feel worthless. Whatever it is that you're feeling, or maybe you have a victory. Hooray, I didn't eat the chips. Today I did go for a walk. Or I'm deciding to go for the career that I meant. Or I posted my blog post. I didn't weasel out. Please call and tell me your victories and defeats. And I will address them in the podcast and try to support you. Now, if you don't want your actual phone recording to go into the podcast, go ahead and say on there, Lori, don't use this in the podcast. I might mention it, but I won't tell your name and I won't use it. If you have a blog or you have a project you'd like me to link to, let me know. You can come post at compulsiveovereatingdiary.com and I will have comment conversations with you just like I did with my friend Cheryl. You can email me directly at lori at compulsiveovereatingdiary.com and I will email you back (laughs) as best I can. Look, I'm not overwhelmingly filled with listeners at the moment. You're my first group. You're my core group. If you want to have a chance to get to know me, now is your greatest chance in the world. (laughs) Of course, we might just remain this small, intimate group. You never know. And if you feel like you want to go the calorie counting route and you'd like to join me on Spark People, right now I'm a team of exactly one, me, myself, and I. But I use Spark People to track my eating, and I'd be delighted to see you. And maybe we could set up some forum topics there to talk about what's on your mind or talk about what's on the episode. And I think that is teams.sparkpeople.com dot com slash compulsive overeating diary but the link is again is on every one of my show notes so bottom line if you guys are short on the list of what can you do instead of compulsively overeating or you want a way to get out of your ruminating thoughts i'm giving you an open invite contact me in whatever way makes you most comfortable share your feelings and see if it will work for you as well as it's been working for me the last three and a half weeks. Now again, it's not magic. I am having to eat less and exercise more, but I'm finding that sharing my feelings has greatly increased my chances of success. It's very much helped me limit my compulsive overeating behavior, and at the very least has brought to my mind the decision-making process so I don't feel so crazy and out of control. And that is worth gold. I still weigh over 200 pounds. If I think this morning I'm 217. My goal is to try to get to 191 by June. 
since that's the weight I was when I bicycled around the big island of Hawaii and felt fantastic at age 50. That's my, my sub-goal, as it were. That's what I keep in mind. I want to be active. I want to be able to ride as easily as I did then. Do you have a goal? Think that through, because to do something for fun is always more motivating than, oh my God, I can't stand how I look, or these pants are too tight. That is not really very motivating to say, I want to ride around the island of Hawaii. I want to wear these fantastic pants that I have in my closet. I want to feel great. I want to dance all night. That is motivation. So if you're feeling some grief in your life, go ahead and and let it out. Talk it out. Feel it. Journal it. Try not to eat over it. And if you have some joy in your life, share that too. Like my uncle did. It really makes a difference. Talk to you next time. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. There I'll sit, I'll admit that I was only just a guest inside my skin.